Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you've joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Before I get into my message, I'd like to remind you that several years ago I preached a message titled, What About Political Prophecies? And of course we're in a presidential election year and there'll no doubt be political prophecies floating around. So uh, I think if you went and listened to that message I preached, several years ago, it would be helpful to you. You can find it in the description of this message. There's a link there. You can click on that link. It'll take you to the message. Now it's audio only, but if you listen to it, I think it would be very helpful to you. What about political prophecies? Okay. So with that being said, let's get into the message for today. Now this today, the message today is part three of a series that I'm doing on the 10 commandments. And if you missed the first two sessions, I want to invite you to go back into our archives and listen, listen to them. They're there for you for free, won't cost you anything, uh, but just go listen to those because in any series, if you know, to get the most out of uh, a series, you need to hear the whole thing. And so many times over the years in pastoring a church, you know, I teach series and I didn't do it all the time, but whenever I'd be on a series, which, you know, whether it was a two-part or a ten-part series, you know, you get people that would come in and, and maybe they'd hear the, the part two and, and part five. If, you know, do an eight-part series, they might, or they might hear part one and part four or whatever it is. Or the, the point is, is they just hear one message in the series and they don't hear the whole thing. It, it, it can cause confusion uh, uh, in people because you need to hear the whole thing to get everything in context and understand the fullness of what's being said. So, so I'm not going to review, you know, I may say a few things to review, but, but I'm not going to do a review of what I did the last two weeks. Go back and listen to those. And I'd recommend you do that really. And then before you listen to this and then, and then we can get in into part three here of this series on the Ten Commandments. Said some rich things the last two weeks, not just because I said them, but I think there were some rich things that the Holy Spirit gave me to share with you over the last two weeks. And, and so go listen to those. I just can't go through all that again here today. So go listen to those and then come back, <laughs> if you didn't hear those, and then pick up here. If you did hear them, well then let's move on um, um, with part three here on a series on the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments are found in Exodus 20. Uh, a list of them are there. And I'll just uh, remember your assignment for this, this series is to memorize these Ten Commandments in order. Okay, so number one, you'll have no other gods before me. Number two, you'll not take the name of, of the Lord. I, uh, I, I, I better get these right. I'm messing up and I'm reading them. <laughs> I need to do some work myself. But anyway, let, let me get them here for you. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make unto thee any graven image. You shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not kill. Actually, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. So let's all, and I'll include myself in here in the assignment, let's all memorize these Ten Commandments so we can say them from memory. Or if I were to give you a test where you got to write them down from memory, that you could do that, okay? Because we all ought to know the Ten Commandments, and we ought to know them in order. So, uh, now, John fifteen twelve, 
Jesus said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And actually, now, now that, so we have the Ten Commandments. So I just quoted those to you from Exodus 20. And then Jesus in, in John 15, 12, he said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And actually, and, and I did bring this out last time, there are over 600 commandments in the law. Now, all of them are derived from and can be traced one way or another back to the 10. We could call them the big 10, I guess. Yeah, okay. And uh, so, so there's over 600 commandments in the law. All of those 600 plus commandments, 600 plus, a little over 600 commandments in the law can be traced back and derived one way or another from the from the ten, and the ten commandments are essentially a summary of the of of the Old Testament law. The ten commandments are essentially a summary of the Old Testament law, and love is a summary of the ten commandments. And that's what Jesus said: "This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you." So, so we need to uh, 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 walk in love. And as I've been saying in this series, if we're walking in love, we'll automatically be keeping the Ten Commandments. Okay? And then, uh, and, and I, I don't have this one in my notes, but I talked about it the last two sessions. But in 1 John, uh, John brings out that this is, is God's commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. And love one another as he gave us commandments. So in, in what John said over there in 1 John, in, in that epistle, that this is God's commandment. So, so we have the Ten Commandments. And 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 then Jesus, he, I guess we could say he simplifies it and brings it down to one word. Walk in love. Okay? And if we're walking in love, we'll automatically be keeping the Ten Commandments. Loving God, loving our neighbor as ourself, you know, as Jesus loved us. But then 1 John brings out that he, he says that this is his commandment, that we believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as, as God gave us commandment. So if we're, as you see, the believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I brought this out, spent a lot of time on it last week and the week before. Believing on Jesus Christ is what saves us. But then once we're saved, God empowers us then to walk in love, and that's another way of saying to keep his commandments, and he requires us to keep his commandments. The commandments didn't go away just because we moved out of the Old Testament and came into the New, okay? Or just because we're not under law anymore, we're under grace, okay? And we are, we're not under law, we're under grace. But you can't separate God from his commandments. And so you believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, that's what uh, gets you saved, and then he empowers you to keep those commandments, and, and, and he requires that of us. Not for salvation, but to have fellowship with him, we're going to have to keep his commandments. And, and you know, if and Jesus said in John 14, 15, he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Remember, loving him, you know, if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. You know, if you're loving him, you'll be keeping his commandments. And if, you, if, you're, if you're not keeping his commandments, that's showing that you don't love the Lord. And you, you need to understand that. And don't ever forget that. Last week we talked about, we, we gave you some scriptures. That's why you need to go back and listen to that if you missed it. But 
The Bible says that if we, if we don't keep his commandments, that's showing that we don't even know him, that we don't even know the Lord. If we don't keep his commandments, that's showing that we don't abide in him. If we don't keep his commandments, that's showing that we're not his friend. See, we brought that all out last week. So it's important that we keep his commandments. Again, we, we don't keep his commandments to be saved. We believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what saves us. But then he empowers us to keep his commandments, to walk in love. And as we're walking in love, we're keeping the commandments. You cannot separate God from his commandments in the Old Testament or the New. Okay? You need to understand that. And, and again, I made a big deal about that last week. So if you miss that, just go back and listen to it. Now, in part one, I talked about the first two commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. The first of the, in the first session, I talked about the first two of the Ten Commandments. I got in depth, got into them in depth. All right. So that was in session one. So if you missed that, again, go back and listen to it. All right. So we talked about you shall have no other gods before me and you shall not make unto thee any graven images. So I talked about that the first two sessions and talked about idolatry and, and I think there were some rich things that came out in, 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 in that material in session number one. So if you missed that, go back and listen to it. Um, I have been saying to you all along that, that you can, um, uh, really, you can preach the Ten Commandments out of the New Testament. And not just out of the Gospel accounts, but if you start in the book of Acts and even the book of Romans and go all the way through the, the New Testament letters or, or epistles, epistle is a letter, uh, you can look into the epistles and you can preach the Ten Commandments out of the epistles. So again, they didn't go away when we came out of the Old Testament over into the New. Uh, you could preach the, 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 even though we're under grace and not under law, you could still preach the Ten Commandments right out of the New Testament epistles. The only one that you got to be careful with is, is the Sabbath. And I'll talk about that when we get to it. And I think that will be next week. But with that being said, I just want to show you, uh, if you'll go to, uh, for, for the first two commandments, you'll have no other gods before me and you'll not, uh, uh make any graven images or no idolatry. Another way of saying that. Really, those first two commandments are, they're, they're, they're really kind of the same. They're kind of saying the same thing. And, uh, but if you look at 1 Timothy 2 verse 5, let me give you a New Testament verse. Or, uh, I'll give you two New Testament verses which back up the first two commandments. Like I said, you could preach the Ten Commandments out of the New Testament epistles. So 1 Timothy 2 5 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So there's one God. You'll have no other gods before me. I, I believe you could use 1 Timothy 2.5 to substantiate uh, the first commandment. Now there's other verses we could turn to, but for the sake of time, this will be sufficient. And then 1 John 5.21 is really good. It says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. And that, and, and that one verse, 1 John 5.21, little children, keep yourselves from idols. 
Again, he's talking to little children. He's talking to people who are believers on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, there, as I said in that first session, there's a, there's a big problem of idolatry in, 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 in the, in, in the church. Absolutely. I'm talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've had a, a first row seat, seen it up close and personal, watching Christians, uh, commit the sin of idolatry, keeping, putting things ahead of God. And it was, it was a, probably the biggest revelation I've ever had in ministry. And I still haven't totally recovered from it, but I saw it some 40 years ago. And then, and then when, when we started actually pastoring, I got, I got it full on where I saw that, that so many Christians love so many other things more than they love Jesus. Absolutely the truth. And it's a sad thing. And, and, and I dealt with that for 27 years from this very pulpit, you know, fighting that thing, you know, it, trying to, and when I, when I say fighting that thing, I mean, trying to get people. Now we had a lot of good people at Summit Christian Church and, and had a lot of people that kept Jesus first. But I tell you what, there was a whole bunch of them. And I think probably any pastor could say this, at least in the United States, that, that one of the things that they, that they deal with in their pulpit and with their people is, is being sure their people don't get into idolatry. You know, that, 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 that they don't let anything become more important to them than Jesus. And, and in fact, you know, I talk about, you know, in the present time in the United States, but if you go back, you know, John, he dealt with it 2,000 years ago. And he said the last, the last verse of his epistle of 1 John, chapter 5, verse 21, he said, little children, keep yourselves from idols. And of course, they did have a problem with that in the, in the New Testament church. We could talk for hours yet about it. But, but all I'm trying to do here is, is tell you that the New Testament substantiates those first two commandments. And, uh, but it is sad to, to watch Christians put other things ahead of Jesus. And, uh, uh, and come to church and say, oh, I love you, Jesus, while they're breaking the first two commandments. Remember, if, if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. And those first two commandments will, will not put anything ahead of God. But I've watched a lot of Christians tell God they love him right there. I've heard him. Oh, I love you, Jesus, in worship service. Oh, I love you, Jesus. But yet... You know, you know that football is more important to him. You know baseball is more important to him. You know the coffee and the donuts more important to him, or whatever else. You know their pets are more important to him than, than Jesus, and, and on it goes. <laughs> I laugh about it. I shouldn't. It's very sad. But anyway, with that all being said, let's get to the new material. Let's get to uh, well, some of that was review, and then. Uh, but anyway, let's get to the to the, let's get to the next commandment. Let's move to the next commandment. Commandment number three, Exodus twenty, verse seven. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Oh, Pastor Terry, we don't have to, you know, we're we're here in the new covenant. We're, you know, we're believers on Jesus. We're saved. We're going to heaven. So... You know, that doesn't apply to us. Well, I, I beg your pardon. You know, those Ten Commandments, I, they are just as valid today as they've ever been. Absolutely, you can't 
separate God from his commandments. He didn't change from the Old Testament to the New in, in that way. Yes, we're under grace. We're not under law. But as I've made very clear to you, that we get saved by receiving Jesus as our Savior, but then he empowers us to walk in love. And that's his commandment, that we walk in love. And, 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 and walking in love is just a, a, a summary way of saying walking according to the Ten Commandments. So those commandments are still for us today. And you can't separate God from them. And if you think you can, you're deceived. And he says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless or blameless who takes his name in vain. You see, the name of the Lord is most holy. The scribes, those Old Testament fellows, you know, who, who, would, who, would, who would write the scripture, from my study of it, they considered the name of God so holy that as they were copying the scripture, whenever they came to the name of, of, of God, they would stop, they would go wash, they'd put on a change of clothes before they would write his holy name. I mean, I mean they, 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 they saw his name as holy and they, and they treated it as such. And it's something we need to be aware of. I'm talking to Christians here now, you know. I mean, it's one thing, uh, a rank sinner heathen taking the name of the Lord in vain. That's bad enough, but, but Christians doing it, you know. It's the, it's, it, hey, that, it's, it's the third commandment. And the Bible says you'll not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless or blameless who takes his name in vain. Again, I'm going to say it, but Pastor Terry... We're under grace. We're not under law. I know that. But that this commandment is still in full force and effect. You can't separate God from his commandments. And those ten commandments are still up and running. And <laughs> they're his commandments. He hasn't changed in that respect at all. No, sir. It's there's, Yeah, but we're in the new covenant. Yeah, I know. And those ten commandments are still for us today. Because he commands us to walk in love. And, <laughs> and to walk in love... Remember the first four commandments have to do with loving God. The last six with loving our neighbor or loving other people, you see. And so to walk in love, to love God, you won't take his name in vain. No, you won't. And uh, taking his name in vain, there are several contexts in which you see this. And that's what I want to talk to you about for the remainder of this message. One of the, the, the main thing, I guess, that would come to somebody is that somebody would think about when you talk about taking the name of the Lord in vain is as it as it would have to do in the or in the context of cussing cursing or profanity um, using uh, GD GD uh, you know you hear heathens all the time you know saying, and I'll just say it, say, saying, God damn it. Now, let me just say this. God is not the dammer to start with, okay? All right, but you'll see and you'll, you'll, you'll hear heathens saying that all the time. I mean, 
a lot of them. Now, now, again, there are good moral people in this world that don't talk like that. And frankly, there's a lot of good moral people in this world that they don't talk like that. And they're trusting in the fact that they don't talk like that to get them to heaven and they wind up in hell. You see, again, I made it clear in the, uh, in the first two sessions, and I think I've said it here already today, but I'll say it again. Keeping the commandments don't save you. Faith in Jesus Christ is what saves you. You understand that. And so there are heathens, there are people that aren't saved that don't take the name of the Lord in vain. And, and, and in fact, a lot of times, like I just said, they'll trust in that to get them to heaven. But, but, but uh, what I'm trying to get at here is there's heathens that'll say, God damn it. Just all the time. They just, you know, I've heard it, you know, God damn this, God damn that. And just on and on and on. Now, I'm not taking the name of the Lord in vain there. I'm using this to teach you. And I think by me saying GD is, um, I think I just felt impressed to say it that way, not taking the name of the Lord in vain, but, but I mean, to get your attention and think about when somebody says, God damn it. Again, God's not the dammer. That, that, that's dangerous. That's dangerous to say that. Now I'm saying it here in the context of teaching you, right? But uh, so, I, so you get you get where I'm coming from. But to actually say it, to actually hear it, I think will is more riveting than me just using the initials GD, which I think I'll use the initials from here on out because it's just his name is holy. But heathens will will say GD just regularly. But the, the issue is Christians. Christians, I've heard Christians talk like that and say GD, GD this or GD that. Should not ought to be, should not ought to be, should not ought to be. But I will say this, if you're truly saved, if you're truly born again, I do not believe that you can take the name of the Lord in vain or say GD it without being terribly grieved on the inside. I do know this, that as sin persists, sin gets easier to commit the longer you commit it. In other words, when you first start sinning, there's that grieving on the inside, but you can sin and sin and sin and sin to where your heart becomes calloused and you're not as sensitive to that grieving on the inside, that grieving of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you as a Christian, you can become less and less sensitive. But but the point I'm trying to make here is when a Christian curses in any way, but certainly takes the name of the Lord in vain, like GD it, they can't do that. A true Christian can't do that without being being grieved on the inside. If you can say GD it and it not bother you, you really need to check up and see if you're truly saved. You really, you really, listen, I'm as serious as I can be now. Okay, if you can say, if you're out there listening to me and you can say, I'll go ahead and say there, if you can say, God damn it, okay? If you can say that and it just don't bother you at all, I mean, it bothers me just here. I'm, and I'm doing this because I feel God wants me to do it, but it, you know, to get the point across to you, but it, I don't, like, I don't like doing it here. I'm not saying that God's telling me to take his name in vain. That's not what I'm saying. I'm using this as a teaching tool to you, how serious this is. The point is, I don't believe a Christian, a true Christian can really do that without being grieved, grieved on the inside. But again, the longer you do a sin, commit a sin, the easier it is to do, or the less it bothers you. But I don't believe a true Christian can say, GD it, and it not 
bother them. If you can do that and it doesn't bother you, I don't, I don't, you better check up and see if you're really saved. But here's the thing. I also believe, and oh, you ought to listen to this. Listen and listen close. If you're truly a Christian, I do not think for one moment, if you're truly a Christian, now listen, it's very sobering, very serious, and I've had oodles and gobs of Christians, I, I guess they are Christians, walk away from me over this, over the years. But if you're truly saved, you're not going to be able to go into a movie theater or sit in front of your television or your cell phone and listen, watch and listen to a movie where they're using GD in it or really any cursing at all, but GD it especially, but any cursing at all, but GD it. If they're using that in that movie, and I don't see how, how a true Christian can watch something like that. I, I don't think a true Christian should watch anything like that. And, and, and I don't see how you can be a true, or really a true Christian and watch those kinds of things without being grieved. If you can go to a, to a movie or watch a movie on television or wherever it is, and they're, the people on there, GD and this, GD and that. And if you can do that, and it don't bother you. Check up and see if you're really saved. Or maybe maybe you are saved, but you've just been doing it so long that, that, that it doesn't bother you anymore like it used to. I've had a lot of people walk away from me over the years because of that statement. I've only had one couple. They came to me and they said, Pastor Terry, thank you for teaching us that it's wrong for us to go to movies where they're taking the name of the Lord in vain and other cussing and sexual innuendo and whatnot. They came to me and they said, thanks for teaching us that. We didn't even really realize that we shouldn't be doing that. One couple. But yet I've had oodles and gobs walk away from me. But I stand by the statement, if you're truly born again, I don't see how you can go to a movie or, or have it on your phone, in your home, wherever it is, with, with cursing, sexual in, innuendo, and especially them using GD, taking the name of the Lord in vain in it. How you, if you're truly a Christian, how you could, how you could do that. <clears throat> what's really, I'll go, I'll go you one more here, what's really something else is, as I'll listen to different TV people that are preaching on TV and, and I heard one pastor, a mega church, I mean, had multiple campuses, multiple states. And uh, he was talking about how he went and saw such and such movie. And it wasn't just this guy. My wife tells me she'll see it on Facebook and this and that and the other social media where Christians, Christians are just going all the time watching movies that have GD in it. And they're using, taking the name of the Lord in vain regularly. And they just go to it like, like, doesn't phase them. Maybe there's not enough preachers in the land calling it out. I don't know. But I heard this one preacher, he, he talked about how when this one movie came out, you know, the sequel to this one movie, and he, he said, I can't wait to get out and see it. He said, you know, anybody, you know, you know, anybody ought to go see that. And, 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 and my wife checked into it on that, 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 um, 
a website where you can check. I think it's uh, Focus on the Family or something. They they tell you what bad stuffs in movies, and it was it was chock full of GD this, GD that, GD the other. And this pastor, this mega church, is t- telling everybody he's going to go see it. Can't wait to get there to see it. God help us. I said, God help us. Hey, you're just being judgmental, Pastor Terry. No, I'm just saying, God help us. I said, God help us. I made a statement like that one time years ago, and a lady and her husband left left the church, wrote me a, 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 a letter and said, you know, Pastor Terry, you saying things like that tempts us to stumble. You're being judgmental. No, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just pointing out something that needs to be pointed out. And that lady that, that left, God bless her, but she, well, I, I just, oh, God bless her. I don't want to cause anybody to stumble. But I'm going to say when a pastor of any size congregation, much less a mega, mega, multi, mega is going to see these things, these movies with GD in it, and it don't bother. I'm going to say to God help us. You know, many Christians would never say GD. They would never say, God damn it. But they'd go to movies and pay actors to say it for them. I like what one preacher says, a lot of Christians won't cuss. He'll, they'll go to a movie theater and pay other people to do their cussing for them. It's a dangerous thing to say GD it or to take the name of the Lord in vain. And this was in the context of profanity. But now let's look at it in another context, taking his name in vain in the context of emptiness, which really is, a, is that meaning of that word vain. Vain means empty. The most basic meaning of the word, the most basic meaning, vain, it means without force or effect. Let me give you an example. I don't like doing this, but again, like when I was saying, I was saying GD, I was saying, you know, I was saying it out there a moment ago for, I was doing that as a teaching tool to get the point across. I don't even like saying what I'm about to say here now, but as teaching to get it across to you. A lot of uh, people, Christians even, take the name of the Lord in vain in the context of emptiness, using his name just without force and effect. They'll, have you ever heard anybody say, oh my God, OMG, oh my God. Well, why did you say that? I think that's taking his name in vain. Here's another one. This might be the biggest infraction. When somebody says, Jesus Christ. He'll say, he'll say, Jesus Christ. I think that's taking his name in vain. Now, you, you'll, you'll hear heathens do that a lot. People that don't even believe on the name of the Lord Jesus at all. They'll say, Jesus Christ. Huh? I wonder how come they don't ever say Confucius. Or they don't ever say Buddha. Huh? Huh? Or Allah. Huh? By the way, Allah and, and Jehovah are not the same, just so you know that. I, I serve Jehovah, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't serve Allah. Allah is just another name for the devil. Come on now. Another name for Satan. That's a whole other teaching for a whole other time. 
but I serve Jehovah and not the Jehovah of the Jehovah's Witnesses either. The Jehovah's Witnesses, their Jehovah is not the Jehovah of the Bible. And that's a whole nother teaching for a whole nother time also. But people will go, Jesus Christ. Hey, I, I don't like doing that even here just to teach it as a teaching tool to get the point across. Christians oughtn't to do that. I mean, heathens oughtn't to do it, but Christians sure, surely shouldn't do that. Here's one that I've heard, heard Christians do. And, and, uh, I, there's this one preacher, very famous preacher. He'll, he, I'm not trying, I'm not judgmental. I'm just pointing it out. Somebody needs to point it out. He'll be up there and go, Jesus. He go, he go, Jesus. Come on now. Come on. What? Come on. Oh, Jesus. He'll say, he'll say this. Lord Jesus. Jesus. Come on now. I think that's taking the name of the Lord in vain. God's name is not to be used in silly banter. Come on now. His name is holy. and It it ought to be treated as such. I said his name is holy and it ought to be treated as such. And I personally believe this. That if if you do these things, particularly I'm talking as a Christian. Oh my God. Or Jesus Christ, or Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, that kind of thing. If you do that kind of thing, there's going to, time, going to come a time when you're going to, when you're going to need to use the name of Jesus to run, to, run a demon out or, 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 or run sickness and disease off. And if you're using, if you're taking the name of the Lord in vain and you're using it in an empty way, I believe that when you need to use his name, for full force and effect to run the, run the devil out, run the devil off, run a demon out or demons out or, or run sickness and disease out that, 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 that you're not going to be able to do it. They'll, that you, you know, it'd be no different than those seven sons of Sceva who that demon possessed guy came in and they said, we adjure you to come out of the man in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And, and that, Demon-possessed guy jumped on him, stripped him naked, and ran him out of the house. In other words, if you take the name of the Lord in vain, there's going to come a time when you're going to need to use that name for real. And because you've been taking it in vain and using it in silly banner, when you need to use it for full force and effect, it's not going to work for you. doesn't mean that the, there's not power in the name. just means that there ain't no bullets in your gun. You understand what I mean by that, spiritually speaking. Another context is in the area of false affirmations. Like people will say, oh, I swear to God. I swear to God. I don't think we ought to do that. And I could preach a whole message on, on swearing, not, not cursing, but, but swearing. Jesus talked about that, that we, we shouldn't do it. It's a whole message in and of itself. But if you're in the habit of saying, I swear to God, I'd recommend you just stop saying that. We don't want to take his name in vain. Uh, so that's another uh, context in the area of false affirmations, like saying, I swear to God. And then uh, here's another one that's interesting. Taking his name in vain in the context of taking someone's name in marriage. Now you think about this. See, when we, bec- when we receive Jesus as our Savior, we are called Christians. We take on his name. So when we take on his name, we ought to start living according to the Ten Commandments. We ought to start 
When we become a Christian, we're empowered to keep the Ten Commandments. When we, be, when we receive Jesus, we take on his name and we ought to start living like a Christian. And, 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 and if we receive Jesus and take on his name and we just continue to live worldly and walk worldly, I believe we've taken his name in vain. Did you get that? Did you get what I just said there? I'll say it again. When we, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, we get born again, we become a Christian, we, a Christian, we take on his name, Jesus Christ. Christian, we take on his name as Christians. All right? So we take on his name. But if we don't live like a Christian, if we don't walk in love, if we don't do that, i.e. keep the Ten Commandments, then, we're, then, then I believe we've taken his name in that way, we've taken his name in vain. See, it's another way to think about it. So live right. If you're a Christian, live right. Walk in, the, walk in love. Walk in the Ten Commandments. And then finally, there's another context, and I've saved this one for last, because you see this so much, particularly around Pentecostal, charismatic churches who believe in the baptism and the Holy Spirit and who believe in prophecy, You'll see the name of the Lord taken in vain in the context of false prophecy. You know, Jeremiah 23, verse 16 and 17 says this, Thus says the Lord of hosts. Now, Jeremiah was a true prophet of God. And when he said, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, when he said, Thus saith the Lord, the Lord was thus saying. So he was speaking for God. He was one of God's mouthpieces. He said, do not listen to the words of the prophets. He's talking about the false prophets here who prophesy to you. They make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. They they continually say to those who despise me, the Lord has said, you shall have peace. See, but but they weren't going to have peace. But these false prophets were telling the people that they were going to have peace. They were telling the people what the people wanted to hear. You know, that's, that, can, that can be a sign of a false prophet. Telling the people what the people want to hear all the time. Just telling the people all the time what they want to hear, not what God is saying. You know, when you're, when you're a true prophet of God, there'll be a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times... When you're speaking things, and most of the time you're speaking things out by the Spirit of God, and a lot of people don't want to hear that because it's the truth. You know, a lot of people don't want to hear the truth. But these false prophets in Jeremiah's day were telling the people they were going to have peace, and and it wasn't so. And uh, and the, the judgment of God was coming because of their sin and whatnot. But but the false prophets were telling the people what they wanted to hear. They were saying, "Thus saith the Lord, you shall have peace." But the Lord wasn't thus saith thus saith saith in that. And and what I'm getting at here is when these false prophets were saying, "Thus saith the Lord," and then they were prophesying something that God wasn't saying, and they're saying, "Thus saith the Lord." In that way, in that context, they're taking the name of the Lord in vain. They said, you'll have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall come upon you. See, well, these false prophets were essentially telling the people, well, you live however you want. Nothing bad's ever going to happen. The Lord will never judge you. Essentially is what they were saying. And they were saying, thus saith the Lord, these false prophets, and the Lord was not thus saying. So when they said, thus saith the Lord, 
and they were saying something that was coming out of their own heart and not by the Spirit of God, in that context, they were taking the name of the Lord in vain. You know, to say, thus saith the Lord, when the Lord is not thus saying, is a very dangerous thing to do. And in charismatic circles, which I've, you know, I was, uh, uh, came out of the Baptist church. I was in the Baptist church as a child. Thank God for the Baptists. Glory to God. But thank God for them. And I'm still kind of a Baptist at heart. Thank God for the Baptists. They preach Jesus and they get a lot of people saved. But I knew there was something missing in the Baptist church. And what was missing was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I came over among the charismatics and uh, Pentecostals, Charismatics, who believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but then also believe in in prophecy, and, and and that God still speaks through prophecy, not on the same level of the written word, but that God still speaks through prophecy, and I believe that. But but I also found that that just because somebody's saying "Thus saith the Lord," doesn't mean the Lord is thus saying. And it's a dangerous thing, and I've seen this so much in, around the circles that I've seen and observed so much of this where somebody will say even preachers will say (laughs) you know a lot of preachers there's a lot of preachers that you'll see on television and on media that are saying thus saith the lord and it's not the lord thus saying you you need to go listen i talked about it at the beginning of this message go listen to that message i preached on what about political prophecies it's in the description of this message just click on it and i cover this i talk about this at least in part on that on that on that audio uh, on that audio message. What about political prophecies? But there's a lot of prof- so-called prophets on television, social media, radio, whatever, saying, "Thus saith the Lord," and the Lord's not thus saying. And it's a, in that context, they're taking the name of the Lord in vain. And the Bible, the Bible says, "See, we're not supposed to be judgmental." In judging people, but we are supposed to judge. There's some things we're supposed to judge. One thing we're supposed to judge is prophecy. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, as if somebody gives out a prophecy, that needs to be judged. Absolutely. I don't care who they are. I don't care what their name is. I don't care where they're from. I don't care how many thousands of people follow them. I don't care. If they say, thus saith the Lord, it has to, it had better line up with the word of God first and foremost. And then there's other things that, 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 you know, it needs, listen to that message on political prophecy that I, that I preached and it'll, it'll, it'll cover this, but you don't accept anything just cause somebody says me or anybody else says, thus saith the Lord. You don't just accept it. You, you lovingly judge it, judge it against the word of God. Judge it against the Holy, with the, you know, the Holy Spirit that's in you, that unction of the Spirit of God that's in you, you know, uh, just, 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 you got to judge prophecies, you know. And the Bible says we shouldn't despise prophecies. The Bible says that we ought to cling to which is good. There's a lot of people that are prophesying and they're prophesying accurately. But there's a whole lot more people in this hour that are prophesying inaccurately, just like in Jeremiah's day, it's no different than it is today a lot of inaccurate stuff going on that's why you got to know the word of god so you're not the, the written word genesis to revelation so you're not deceived uh, <laughs> tell you a little funny story that that apparently happened i didn't witness this but i heard a reputable minister that i have a lot of respect for share this and and uh uh but 
it, it, it illustrates the point, but uh, uh, in a certain charismatic church service, uh, you know, uh, this one fellow on one side of the congregation got up and, and, and prophesied and said, Thus saith the Lord. And he gives this prophecy out. And so he gets done, he sits down. And on the other side of the congregation, there was a guy who didn't, who didn't, uh, who, who didn't like what that guy said or, or he knew it wasn't in line with the word of God or something like that. And he stands up and he says, thus saith the Lord, I did not say what that guy just said. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, you know, I joke about that, but you know, it's, it's, a, it's a funny story, but you know, these things are, when, when we start talking about prophecy, prophecy and saying, thus saith the Lord, or, you know, uh, we got to be watchful. It's dangerous. Dear friends, it's dangerous. I mean, God's used me in, in prophecy over the years. And I tell you what, when I say, thus saith the Lord, I do so with fear and trembling. Because <laughs> I don't want to miss it. If you say, thus saith the Lord, you better be sure the Lord is thus saying, or you get yourself in a lot of trouble. And like I said, the Lord used me in this, in this, uh, in this over the, the years at, at times and when, when he has me say thus saith the Lord I, I it's with fear and trembling because I don't want to take his name in vain and I don't want to I don't want to prophesy falsely it's a dangerous thing to say that God's saying something when he isn't something else you got to watch along these lines is people say well God told me God told me to do this God told me to do that God told me you know I know like when I'm preaching, there's times when I know God's told me to say certain things. What do you mean? Did I hear his voice audibly? No, I'm talking, I mean, I, right down on the inside. You know, I hear the, the, that still small voice of the Lord, you know, or I'll be reading something in the word of God and it, there'll be that impression of the spirit of God that I need to get up and say that. I need to preach that 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 message. But even there, I, I've learned over the years, I don't get up and say, well, God told me to do I try not to ever do that. I try to say something like this. You know, I feel impressed to the Lord to say this. I feel like God's telling me to, I'm watchful how I say that because, I, you know, well, God told me, well, we got to be, we just need to be watchful. We don't take his name in vain. I've actually, and I'll close with this. I've actually watched pastors try to control their congregations with this tactic uh, of saying, Thus saith the Lord. In other words, I, and I'm thinking of this one pastor right now. I, I watch this, but others I watch not not just this one, but others. But this one I'm thinking of. Uh, there are many instances where where he would think that 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 a member of his congregation was supposed to do a certain thing, whether it was work in the nursery or work in the children's church or go on this certain mission trip or go to this certain do this certain thing or whatever the case. And that person, you know, they really sought the Lord and they, they just didn't feel like that the Lord wanted them to do whatever it was that pastor thought that, that, that God wanted them to do. And, and so the pastor would tell that person, well, well, you know, I think you ought to do this. And the, and the, pa and the person would say, no, I just don't feel peace from the Lord about doing it. And, and then, that pastor, I watched him do it on many occasions. He'd get up in the pulpit and he'd call that person out of the crowd and he'd, he'd, he'd call her name and he'd say, you know, thus saith the Lord. And then he'd go on and he'd prophesy that they were speaking supposedly for the Lord. 
Huh? Thus saith the Lord, you know, you're supposed to do thus and so. Or you get up publicly and say, God told me to tell you. Well, look, that man was taking the name of the Lord in vain. That should not ought to be, should not ought to be, should not ought to be, should not ought to be. Well, you're just being judgmental. No, I'm trying to help people. Well, you're just causing me, tempting me to stumble past. No, I'm trying to help you. Trying to help you. If you're in a situation like that where you're under some kind of a controlling pastor that's doing those kind of things, take it from me. You just got to get away from that kind of thing. Lovingly, just get away. and get. You got to get away from it. Love them from a distance. It's better than hating them up close. Come on. But I've watched pastors try to control their congregations with thus saith the Lord. And it's a despicable, despicable thing. And you watch, you look at those pastors over time. They never, they, they never do ultimately end well. Anyway, let's just, let's just, uh, word to the wise should be sufficient. Let's not take the name of the Lord in vain. Now I'll close with this. A New Testament scripture, which backs up that we should not take the name of the Lord in vain. A New Testament scripture that backs up commandment number three. First Timothy six one. First Timothy six one would probably be one of the best ones. So let's just use that and then we'll close. 1 Timothy 6, 1. Uh, Let as many bondservants, uh, it's either verse 1 or verse 6. Sometimes my Bible program messes that first verse up. So I think it's 1 Timothy 6, 1, but it might be verse 6. I don't have my Bible in front of me. My computer program sometimes messes mess it's, it's, it's it, sometimes it messes that first when it's the first verse and sometimes anyway it's either verse one or verse six so you look it up first timothy six but it says this let as many bond servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor but get to the second part so that the name of god and his doctrine may not be blasphemed so there you have a new testament verse first timothy six it's either verse 1 or verse 6, says that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. Or we'll say, I'll center on this, so that the name of God may not be blasphemed. Or we could argue taken in vain, handled, dealt with holy. You know, I think that that verse there would back up, be a New Testament verse that would back up uh, commandment three, because you see, you can preach the Ten Commandments from the New Testament epistles. So I think that's a good verse to uh, back up commandment three, a, a verse from the New Testament that would back up commandment three. So, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry that I don't have the right verse for you, but it's one of those two. So you could go look and check it out. Okay. So forgive me for that. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this today. Next week, we'll pick up with commandment uh, number four, commandment number four, And that's remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And I think you'll be interested to hear what I have to say about that. So uh, uh, much to say about that. So tune in next week and we'll get into that. So, hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to invite you to repent of your sins. Call on the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You'll miss hell one day. You'll make heaven and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. So God bless you. Hey, get saved, receive Jesus, and then keep those 10 commandments. Walk in love. Hey, I'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.